I think for me, it really was like not worrying about making things, spelling things out for the audience. I don't, I don't think that's necessary. And I think that was something I had to work a lot on mentally of reminding myself that it just had to make sense for the movement and like it had to fit the theme, but you know, it's okay if it's not completely spelled out. And I think it's better if it's not. The seed of the idea that led to choreographer Eugenia Vinoveva's latest work has been on her mind for years. Why don't we always act in our own best interests? And like, why do we behave in ways that we know aren't good for us long term? And that's like such a broad question because it really applies to anything like it, you know, procrastination and then like drinking and just like behaviors that we know aren't good for us but then there's also things like even like climate change I've always wondered why like we know that it's happening and we know that there's more that we can do but we don't when COVID happened and we all went on lockdown I found myself wondering again why is it that we know how to curb it and yet there are still so many people insisting on acting in a different way that just makes us stay inside longer and so this question had been in my head a lot these questions are complex with no clear-cut answers but Sinoveva wanted to see what would happen when exploring them through movement and her new work ad infinitum she tries to do just that This is Unsequenced, a podcast about the choreographic process. I'm Stephanie Wolf. Ad Infinitum was Zinoveva's first commission work for the company she danced with at the time, Festival Ballet Providence in Rhode Island. It premiered in June of 2021. On today's episode, we hear about how Ad Infinitum went from concept to stage work from the choreographer herself. Contributor Catherine Boland takes it from here. Zinoveva says she wanted a deeper, more accurate understanding of the topics she hoped to investigate. So she consulted three professionals in the field of psychology and counseling. When I was um, thinking about how to create the piece, I realized that I really was interested in learning more about the actual human psychology behind why we act the way that we do. But I'm not a psychologist, so I thought it would be a really cool experience for myself to actually learn from somebody who was an expert in the field, you then use that information to create movement. I started with consultations with three different psychologists. I spoke with somebody who works with children, somebody who works with like lower income and impoverished populations. And then I also spoke with a professor of psychology, which was really interesting because it was more theory-based. So I feel like I got a lot of different types of psychology. And the interesting thing was that I thought it would be one and done, like have one conversation with each person. All right, cool. I have my information. But after the third one, I was almost more confused than I was at the beginning. And I was like, now I have to go back to the first one and ask for clarification about this because now I don't understand this. And 
So I ended up having two conversations with each and it was extraordinarily helpful for me just to get an idea too of the preconceived notions we grow up with. Um, Like there was a really interesting one. We were talking about the concept of uh, a child being an innocent, like kind of blank slates. But then I came back to the one who actually works with children. And I was like, is this true? Like, can you tell me more about how children you know, start with a blank slate and then it kind of fills in as they grow older. And she was like, well, that's not really true because you're already born with certain like traits. You like, you're already kind of pre-wired in certain ways. And then your surroundings and like the people around you will also shape you as you grow up. But like, no one is really a blank slate. And that for me was a light bulb moment where I was like, Oh, some of the other concepts that Zinoveva discussed with these experts included the bystander effect, the impacts of being part of community and cognitive dissonance. Different dancers would represent these various ideas in the piece. And Zinoveva had to figure out how the artists and concepts would interact on stage. And this was actually a big question I had for my consultations with my psychologists asking So, okay, so we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the bystander effect. Now we're talking about cognitive dissonance, which now I understand how that works, which um, is when you you create an alternate reality for yourself, essentially. And I only have a very basic understanding of it. But then I had to think about, well, I have all these people on stage at the same time. How do they interact with each other? Later in the piece, there is a pas de deux between one of the bystanders and the dancer that I was envisioning as cognitive dissonance, like the alternate reality, kind of like enveloping yourself in this layer of um, safety that you've created for yourself, but you're actually quite vulnerable. And that pas de deux was exploring how they interact with each other. But I was very excited to create the pas de deux because I found so many cool moments where I thought about how I've been a bystander and maybe how I've created alternate realities for myself. And there's moments where the bystander, she's being almost manipulated by the male dancer. Um, And as bystanders, I think we do sometimes allow ourselves to be wrapped up in something not quite realistic then we come back down to earth and then we get really motivated to do something to fix the problem and then we get distracted or we reframe something in our heads to make ourselves feel better and then it doesn't happen and it's just this constant a constant back and forth created the first phrases, they were a little more literal. Um, They were more translating certain thoughts into movement and like very specific, almost like word by word phrases that became movement. And then I think separating them from the actual words and language that they came from helped me not make the entire piece so literal. So I didn't want the whole thing to be like, this movement means this and this means that but it helped me kind of start from that more literal place and then I could play with it more just as movement. Gesture came to supersede traditional virtuosity. 
pedestrian authenticity overpowered athleticism. For the movement itself, Zinoveva began by creating a few base movement phrases. So instead of creating the piece from beginning to finish, I created a few building blocks and then I used those throughout the piece. Um, and I think that worked really well because the piece doesn't have a story. It's not like a beginning, middle and end. It's just an exploration. Somehow in, in my career, it has been more common for me to learn a piece from beginning to end than it has been to explore with those building blocks. So for me, it was a little bit more, I've done, I've certainly done it growing up, but not as much maybe as more modern dancers. While Zinoveva didn't want to create something too literal with the movement, the costumes do help ground some of the work's foundational ideas. She worked with fellow dancer Emily Lovdahl, who designed and created the costumes. I actually went shopping with her for the fabric. Uh, I think because the costumes were so simple, it was more about how it was going to look from the stage and how certain fabrics were going to dye to match each other. So it's really just all about the color. One dancer wearing off-white represents a sort of blank slate, but not fully because, as Innoveva learned, none of us begin truly as blank slates. And I imagined her as like this, as a child, and then I realized that that wasn't quite accurate. So then I started thinking of her more as a sort of baseline for, like, she doesn't really exist. She's sort of where the rest of our brains are built up from, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> she's not a real person, but um, she's just this very neutral figure. And then everything else that happens around her is kind of on a spectrum going in opposite directions. Ad Infinitum is Zinoveva's first commissioned work for Festival Ballet Providence, or for any regional dance company, so she felt some pressure through the process. Every choreographer, I think, goes into the rehearsal process not knowing exactly what's going to come out, and just, you have to play, you have to experiment, and if it's, you know, whatever comes out, comes out. You can always work on it more later, like this does not have to be a final product, and I feel like that was something that I had to remind myself a lot of. Zinoveva also had the challenge of rehearsing classical repertoire as a dancer while creating her work. Definitely, I felt like I was juggling several hats there. Um, it's just when you're rehearsing a classical work like that, you end the rehearsal with so much adrenaline and or exhaustion, like one, one of the two. Um, so you're either like really pumped up and like in that classical ballet mindset, or you're just exhausted and you feel like you have nothing left to give. And then you're scheduled for a two hour rehearsal with your own dancers and you owe it to them and you owe it like to yourself to keep pushing and keep making more movement. Um, so that was definitely, I feel like it was really good for me. It was very hard um, having to, I felt like I had to give myself five to 10 minutes to just physically cool down and then also like switch my mindset over and put on my other hat. <laughs> but it was good. I mean, I'm, I'm really thankful that I did it. I feel like it pushed me in a very new way.
That's choreographer Eugenia Zinoveva, speaking with DIY dancer contributor Catherine Bolin. Zinoveva's work Ad Infinitum premiered in the fall of 2021 on her fellow dancers of Festival Ballet Providence in Rhode Island. Unsequenced is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Stephanie Wolf. Joe Kai composed our theme music. And the score for Ad Infinitum, which you heard throughout this episode, was created by Jay Markov. Thanks to our Patreon subscribers. You make this audio storytelling a reality. You can join them at patreon.com slash DIY Dancer. Find Unsequenced wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.